Welcome to Coles on the Coast, a podcast where we talk about riding the waves of sustainability, preparedness, and living the small homestead life. I'm Jessica. And I'm Charlie. And we've got little um, 10-month-old, almost 11-month-old running around with us, so you might hear her with her little jumping arounds and noises she's making. But today we're going to be talking about Charlie's Universal Game Kit. At least that's what we call it. It could be called the library or whatever you want it to be called. But Charlie, get us started. What are we talking about? So the Universal Game Kit really developed out of a want to find a deck of cards that could be used to play multiple games. And the original idea was to have a deck of cards that you could play chess, dominoes, and playing cards, basically. And as it turns out, people have created those kinds of decks. There's one called the multi-game deck, and there's one called the one deck. Anyway, as I looked into those kind of things, I started finding emergency game kits, which then add on to a deck of cards the the ability to play with little um, poker chips, and then pawns, and then maybe making a board out of your deck of cards. So you're stacking functionality on a base. And then as that went on, you find that people make bigger emergency game kits because apparently you need games in an emergency. But what I immediately noticed is that depending on who you are, your emergency game kit can either be a function stacking kit where you have a deck of cards with components and then you have a rule set that allows you to memorize you know, a, a vast number of games that you can play with the cards and then more games that you can play with the cards and all the components versus a emergency game kit where you have multiple standalone games that all function separately from each other. They don't really go together. You can't really play them with each other. You just have game upon game upon game. So my idea was to to make a system, some sort of gaming kit, that combines both of that. I want function stacking as well as standalone game so that I can make things as complicated as I want or as simple as I want. And so I came, like I came up with a whole system where I have board games, card games, dice, standalone games, and accessories. And then it's been the challenge to take and put this into a kit that's small enough to travel with or small enough to put in a closet and bring out and have all your games, and but still have as much complexity as possible. So the board game scenario portion of it is, was originally kind of based on the, the piece pack which was um, developed by James Kyle, and it's an open-source game system which is modeled after a deck of cards. So you've got a group of tiles, you've got a group of dice, and a group of pawns, and they all fit within four suits. But And there's coins, too. But the thing is, is that you can play up to, like, 100 games with it. And you can buy you can get ice house pieces and we'll come back to what those are in a minute but you can expand 
even more. Um, but like you can you can make Parcheesi out of this set. You set up the tiles in a certain configuration, and then you've got Parcheesi. You set it up in another configuration, and now you've got some sort of analog for chess or checkers, which is pretty neat because it's this small set of things, and you don't have these long game boards that are taking up space. And so I look into the, the piece pack, and then I find the green box of games, which is similar to that. But instead of being where you can play these classic games, and then, of course, you can create new games, and there, people have made all sorts of new games on this stuff. But the green box of games is more intended to play analogs of currently existing modern games. So one big example that people have probably heard a lot of is Catan which is a settlement type game where you, you build a settlement, you gain uh, resources, and then you're trying to gain these cards, the, these, uh, I don't remember what they're actually called, but they're like achievement cards, and you get 10 achievement cards and you win. But you have to actually play the game and build your settlement in order to do that. But the green box of games allows you to create an analog of that and other modern games. So it's like a it's like a modern piece pack. And then remember those ice house pieces that I mentioned a minute ago. Apparently, the ice house pieces are another gaming system. And um, this is one that in 2016 they had revamped and created what's called Pyramid Arcade. And this is a game put out by Looney Labs and You've got all these pyramids, all these boards, all these different games that you can play with it. They function by themselves. They can also be they can also be used as components. So you can use them like poker chips because they all have different um, points on them. The small pyramids are one, the mediums are two, and the larges are three. You can use them with the piece pack to play certain games. You can use them with a deck of cards to create towers and you can do all this different stuff. So like that ended up being like the base. Now I only have two of those. I don't have the third one, but as, as I kept going, I was like, well, all right, well now I need a deck of cards. Well, there's all sorts of multi decks of cards. There's, there's the, what's called the ever deck which can be mapped to a tarot deck and it can be mapped to a Hanafunda deck. It can be used to play word games. It can be used to play number games. It can be used to play matching games. There's so much that you could do with the deck of cards. And the creator has taken the time to map that deck of cards onto different modern decks of cards. So, I mean, it's not exactly the same as Sushi Go, but you can create a mapping so that you can play Sushi Go with this deck of cards. Then there's dice cards, which is basically a set of dice that function... Well, it's a deck of cards that function as a dice bag. And you've got, like, mini-games within that deck of cards. You've got, um... So apparently, Big Bang Theory, you can have uh, Rock, Paper, Scissors, Lizard, Spock. The, there is a rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock die on there. And you can play that with somebody. And, of course, it's up to cards whether or not you win or lose. But still, you can play that. 
And then it's got a writer's die, which was a specifically designed die that is meant to help writers get out of a writing block. So it uses conjunctions. And so you roll the die and you get and or 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 but or, you know, whatever these different conjunctions are to kind of give you a, a spurring off point if you're writing a story. Like there's so much you could do with this that it, it function stacks on the previous thing, right? You can add it to any of those board games that we talked about or even to a regular deck of cards and it can function either by itself or with those other things. And then there's the universal deck, which was designed by Wayne Cooley. And hold on, I've got to take a minute and go back and say that the the Ever deck was designed by a guy named Will Sue, who's he's uh, in the Philippines, but he spent a lot of effort designing and mapping this thing out. So go go look him up. It's on Drive Through Cards, and most of this stuff that I'm mentioning today, you can go find. Um, and but yeah, so. And then the dice cards, that was created by a guy named N. Millington, and it was actually a Kickstarter. And he got enough people to get on board with that that he printed a whole run of it, and then he was out. And I actually I reached out to him and asked, and he put these on dice on uh, drive through cards, so which is an on-demand printing service. So now you can go on there and order them for, I think it's 19 bucks for a deck of them, which for on-demand printing is not bad. I mean, it costs the same as a regular game, so you, you, it's not any more expensive. But the the Universal deck, so this is made by Wayne Cooley. This was back in nineteen in the nineteen seventies, and if you're familiar with Rook, it kind of it kind of pulls a little bit of inspiration off of Rook, because instead of being Ace through King, where you've got court cards, it's so Rook runs from 1 to 14, and then you have the Rook, which plays either the highest card or the lowest card. The Universal deck runs from A to G, and then double A to double E, and then you have an asterisk, and then a two asterisks, and they call that the bug card. But So it's it can function as a regular deck of playing cards, and then you can, because there's like a an A to E twice, you can use it as pinochle. Like you can do a lot with this deck of cards and it's only sixty cards. Um so like each one of those can be used to play its own thing and it can be function stacked with the rest of it. And then you could add you could add more to that. You could add Mahjong cards. You could add the deck tet, which is another card game system that's completely different from the rest of them that has its own games that you can play with it and then the Zont deck which is another card system that is completely different from the rest of them I mean we could go as much as we want to into these card decks because like right now the goal is to get the ever deck the dice cards the one deck which is chess checkers dominoes and playing cards um, the deck tet the Zont deck and then a what's called glyph which is also another multi system 
and they all have these distinct differences and can be used to play other distinct games, but can also be used in conjunction with the Peace Pack and the Green Box of Games and the, the Looney Pyramids to build more complex games. And so then we move into the dice, because while dice can be used to play, and this is where it kind of gets a little bit blurry, because dice, you can use them to play games of themselves. There's a game called Throwdown 7, which uses the seven polyhedral dice that you normally find in a Dungeons & Dragons um, game. And you can use it to play, you know, standalone with just dice. But they also function as components. You can get all sorts of specialty dice. You can get dice that map to 120 cards, because there's a 120-sided die. You can get dice that map to a letter distribution that's equal to the distribution in the English language which happen to match the distribution in the Everdeck. So, you, you see what I'm doing here. You can buy these particular dice. You can buy a color dice, which matches with the different suits of the Everdeck. And so, as you go on, you can you build this function stacking type thing. So now I've got dice that I can use with my Everdeck and create brand new games that give me a random outcome based on a die roll rather than just passing out cards. Um, and then like with the, the, the letter dice, it's called the D-Lex. 60-sided die that goes with, that kind of fits the distribution of the English language. If you buy a set of four of them, you can roll it, and then you try to create as many words as you can and build points that way. You, there's a lot that you could do. And you could go from, you could have a set of dice that's, every number between 2 and 120. Um, you can have multifunction dice, like the D total, which is really like 11 dice and 1, which there's two different versions of it. One's an 18 and 1 die, and the other one's 11 and 1 die. And I have the original version, which I still haven't figured out how to use it. It's it's complicated. And uh, But then there's also these 8 and 1 dice, which... They can allow you to use the dice for what there's something called fudge dice. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but it plays in role playing games. Like you can just the vast expanse of games that you can create or play with this increases exponentially each layer you go. So this is kind of like Inception, right? If you've ever seen that movie. You go into a dream, and then you're in a dream within the dream, and a dream within the, the dream. And so you get more and more complex, but then you can pull yourself out, hopefully, and get more simple. So any of these things that we're talking about can uh, be played in and of themselves or in conjunction with others. Now that, that kind of gets a little bit different. Um, a little bit further on, but like the last thing that we're going to talk about in the in this function stacking is the accessories. So there's there's two things. I had more of a uh, more of a list, which there is there are several books that have board games in them, but 
as time went on, I was like, well, we have the peace pack. We don't really need a book that has the board games. We, if we had a rule book, then we could play the board games based on the rules. So The Way to Play, which is a fantastic book by the Diagram uh, Group, it's, a, it's an old book from the 1970s, but for these board games, it'll show you like the board and it tells you the history of it. And so you've got the rules and the board layout so that you can kind of match it up with what you got. And then there's a um, another randomizer that's called the Mattern's All-Purpose Teetotem, and it's an accessory. It's almost a game within it, within itself, but it's basically a spinner. One, the spinner itself you can spin and play like um, spin the bottle, and then you've got the spinner on it, which then you can, there's, you, you'd have to see this thing. It's a triangle, and it's got different quadrants. You've got numbers from like 1 to 50, so you can play like roulette. Then you've got rock, paper, scissors. Basically, you could use this to play a random game of rock, paper, scissors or to pick characteristics for a character that you're designing for Dungeons & Dragons or um, there, there's a lot that you can do with it and it's hard to go into detail with it because there's like six, 60 or different or so different many, many layers in this one accessory. So now we've got we've got board games that can be create changed into all sorts of different board games. We've got card games that can be changed into other card games and then be used with the board games. And then we've got dice that can be used by themselves and then used function, you know, weaved back into the board games. And so now you've stacked all this on top of each other and created this exponential amount that you can play with just these things and really it's a whole lot of stuff because if you start adding up the cost you're getting into like the several hundred dollars at this point so i mean and the whole idea is that i've created this where you've got this list of different games that stack upon each other and that can be played individually but then you can go in and pick out of these the ones that appeal to you the best and then create your own kit and make it as big or as small as you want to. But I've got small kits. And you can't really make super complicated games. One, I barely have time to think, let alone create brand new um, complicated games. So sometimes it's good to have standalone games. And so now I'm kind of I'm combining the those two emergency game kits that I was talking about earlier, right? One has standalone games, and then the other one is all this abstraction that you can make other games with. But I kind of put it together. So there's standalone games in it as well. Um, I don't actually have a whole lot of this, but like a set of dominoes or domino cards that gives you an infinite amount of games right there in and of itself but Mexican Train is an easy domino game that you can play with anybody 
even you know a six-year-old could learn how to play Mexican train and then like pickup sticks or jacks or marbles right they're easy games they're also good dexterity games so it teaches your kids how to use their hands and find motor skills and then you've got and, and this is where I kind of went off the rails with this thing right as complicated as it is already as I continue to look into things I find other other games that are interesting and actually even more fun than you would expect so the pyramid arcade that I mentioned earlier the ice house pieces that go with the peace pack I originally almost blew those off because I'm like well this this I didn't see a lot of value in it to begin with for some reason and as time went on, I came back around to it and looked at it. And I'm like, well, you can play 22 games with it. Yeah, so what? Turns out they're fantastic games. There's a lot of skill involved with some of them. Some it doesn't take any effort at all to learn how to play the game, but it's still confusing. And, you know, you could, you can play with your six-year-old and she can whoop you or you can whoop her. You know, it, it's really anyone's game. But they also create this is Looney Labs if I haven't said that already they also make card games and two of their most popular card games is Flux and Chrononauts now Chrononauts and here's the disti the distinction with these is that every time you play this game it's different it's not the same as playing like Old Maid where you know that somebody's going to get the old maid. It's just whether or not you can trick somebody into taking it. Chrononauts is a time travel game. And you've got multiple ways to win. You can collect 10 cards. You can modify the timeline to get a person back to their original existence, which is your identification card. And then you can make a mission, you, you can complete a mission by collecting artifacts. But every time you play this game, your mission changes, your ID changes, the timeline never ends up being the exact same way. So it's almost completely different every time you play, which is fantastic because it's a standalone game that's got variety to it. And then the other one is, like I said earlier, Flux. That's kind of the idea of the whole game. The only thing that's constant is change. So you have basic rules that you start the game with, and then depending on what cards you draw, you can immediately start changing those rules and modify the way the game's played. So that means that every time you play the game, it's completely different, has a completely different rule set, and the rules can change at any moment. And... So there have been times that we've played the game and within like just a couple minutes, somebody's already won and we play it another time and it takes 30 to 40 minutes for somebody to win. So I started looking at those types of games, specifically the Looney Lab stuff, and adding that to my universal game kit. Because all of that that I talked about earlier, I don't have all of it. Right, I've got a couple pieces of one, I've got a couple pieces of the other. Because as I get a piece here, I realize that 
there's so much to explore with this single board game system that it's not worth trying to get all of it right now because then I've just got more that I can't even look into. You know, there's so much that you can look at with this one deck of cards, the universal deck that I've got, that right now it's not worth trying to get the ever deck and the dice cards and all that because there's so much there. And then, like, the dice. The dice is the one that I've got, like, the least of because I've got three dice that do these random things. But the standalone games is kind of where it's kind of come back to. Which, if I sounded like I was trying to be, like, ugly about it earlier, I didn't mean to be. But I want to be able to play as much as I can in as little space as possible. So... Here's the amazing thing, is that I've found on Etsy this extra-large game kit, a game case, and they had pictures of all the different stuff that they've been able to put in it. So you take the stuff out of its own boxes, and you put it in this case, and then you've got plenty of room. So I've got two sets of Pyramid Arcade in there. I've got a piece pack in there. I've got several decks of cards. I've got um, Spot It and Hanafuda. I've got... Um, my few fancy dice, and then I've got my Looney Labs Flux games, my Chrononauts games, and then another game called Just Desserts, which it's a fun game to play as well. But there's plenty of room to expand. It's just what direction do you go to expand? And, and that's kind of the whole point of the thing, is it's up to you to figure out what you want to go into it. Right, I've got a framework that I think works relatively well that you can build on. But you can you could change that up completely. Maybe you're a big fan of chess, right? If you get a chessboard bandana and some chess pieces and then some loony pyramids, you could play all sorts of different games with it. Right? Cuz I mean even loony pyramids the Martian chess game that you can play with that, derived from a chessboard and splitting that in half and using only one color of the pieces and splitting those pieces equally among the two people and then creating a monochrome chess game out of that. And then, since it was monochrome, you could replace those with whatever pieces you wanted to and then that's where Martian chess came from. So, just depending on what you pick, you can create as many games as you want to, right? Go get Uno, and then go get some of these other games, and then try to figure out other stuff to use them for. Create new games. And then, on top of it all, you're not playing the old, the same old trademark stuff that everybody plays, like Clue and Monopoly. Yes, they're good games to play, but eventually you get tired of it. You go, well... It plays the same way every time. The same people win it every time. Right? If you're good with that inductive that deductive reasoning stuff, you can you can beat Clue within just a few turns because you figure it out real fast. If you're good with rigging the system, you can beat Monopoly real fast. And, and you know, 
this isn't to say that board games are bad. It's just to say that, at least in my opinion, the universal kit is something that can be as big of a library or as small of a library with just these smaller group of components, and it fits in a small area. Okay, so you, you take kind of what's on you and your family's favorite lists, or you make sure that what you have can kind of play multiple things that are going to be for multiple skill levels and both randomized type games and skill or logic type games too. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not Candyland. You're not... Yeah. But... But... It may not be Candyland, but some of these games function very Very similarly. So... I mean, it's up to you. It's up to you as to what you want to make it. This is kind of what we've got going on. I'll write... I, eventually, I'm going to write a whole thing on the reason why I picked parts of this, but there's so much in, to it that... I, we'll definitely I, keep our subscribe star members up yeah. to date on our newest additions and favorites. Um this episode may get revamped at some point in time but this is the workings of our universal game kit which again is just basically our favorites of a selection of games that we can play of multiple different varieties and skill levels and it's a portable thing that way we can take it anywhere yep exactly don't forget if you like what you've heard today or on any of the other podcasts you can subscribe Support us by calling Charlie Small Engines, where he helps repair generators, mowers, weed eaters, what have you. Um, you can find his information and get a quote off of the website at www.colesonthecoast.com. Also, you can go to the same website if you'd like violin, piano, viola, or cello lessons. And Jessica can get back with you about starting those up if you're in the Baldwin County area. If you want to go to our subscribe star that information will also be in the comments or in the notes below and you can support us that way as well we are adding more and more um it's been nice talking to you hopefully you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you later